hey, hey, hey. Oh my God. Jam, good to see you. Good to see you, Alex. Thanks for having me. I can't believe we're sat here <laughs> doing podcasting this shit. Bro, we didn't know each other like a few months ago. When did Can we, you believe it? When was that? Um, May? Nah, that was, it was earlier than that. No, it, it was... Winter or something. No, we actually met in May. Shit. No, we met... Yeah, we met in May. No, We've been no. to... We spoke throughout April. And we actually... The first time I came to St. Neitz was in May. On So on Clubhouse, <laughs> like, basically in a lost space of nothingness because yeah. everything else in the world was shit. Yeah. Lockdowns and whatever else. It's kind of crazy, like, how I kind of manifested that. I was genuinely bored. I miss speaking. I was, like, yeah, just generally are, just yeah. going through isolation, trying to hustle, trying to, like, make ends meet. And it just wasn't, you know, you can't spend all day on the phone to people. Because that was your life, right? Because that's a different... You know, you're now here... You know, and doing business in a different way. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, it's a different life to, because you're used to selling yourself, right? 100%, yeah. That makes sense? Like, in the best way, like, that's the best things anyone could do. If you can't, 100%. if you can't sell to yourself, how can you sell anything to anyone yeah. else, right? But now you're looking at the product side, the difference is it like a whole different thing. Yeah. Or? 100%, even just like finding that particular network. And just realizing that that was enough for me, I feel like the pandemic kind of gave me that patience, yeah. gave me that kind of fulfillment in a sense. Like I was fulfilled in what I was doing, so I wasn't. I was ambitious, but I had a bit more purpose in that time, and in just the way we kind of aligned. Because I was only just going into <laughs> so rooms that you were doing or Sam Squire was doing. I was just fucking about it. And honest. no, genuinely having fun, and just we were just telling stories. That's all we were doing is just telling stories. I feel like I lost my voice in the pandemic, and then kind of found my voice and then we're just making That's stuff great, happen man. right now which is exciting i'm it excited was, to talk it's about nice it. to be able to bubble it as well yeah. like usually they like compounds and noises there and it's like oh you, you know it's like set off a firework and like you see all different sparks create yeah and like you're just trying to gather it all at once but this time around because i think what's different and what's unique about this is where you've come through that side you've smashed it like yeah, honestly no, thank if, you, you. if you haven't heard jam's story like should just go look Thank into you. it. I'll Check put a link. <laughs> I'll put a link in the the bio for the TED talk, and also um, we'll get you on the founder stories for Shifty's no, I'd love podcast. That. We'll I'd love get, that. tell your full story. But like this time, and the same in a sense that you know, from our side, it's um, you know, we've had a lot of changes. You know, social enterprise is a real priority for, for me right now, um, and this is Catbud's the first social enterprise that we actually. But even going back to that a few months ago, Catbud wasn't even on the agenda. It wasn't like Stupid I was idea, going right? on this platform to have an idea or to try and execute an idea or I'm looking for investors. Because a lot of those rooms, that's what it pretty much was, where we was just vibing and we kind of like in the least sexual way possible conceived this yeah. baby. Yeah, and so right now it's... So weird. Just right now we're just pregnant. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> pregnant right now. <laughs> and yeah, we're just waiting to deliver. So Sick. we're literally in the third trimester right now, the last stretch. So where are we at? Let's, yeah. So where are we at? So we got, you know, we got the, the brand is fucking beautiful, by the way. The brand is where it's come from. If you could just I get a logo over, somewhere, like yeah, here. I'll put the logo up here. The first one, the second one, and now and then the, the final one. one. Yeah, that'll be sick. It's really nice. Like what, what's interesting to me is it taps into the exact market that it was inspired by. Yeah, hundred percent. This is the thing. If this was in America, this would be launched yesterday. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But the UK isn't. Like, firstly, what are we doing? What's Catbud? Okay. What's Catbud first? Catbud um, is a company 
founded by myself and Alex. <clears throat> we call ourselves the cannabis company. So we don't sell cannabis, we sell cannabis. So we're a premium, high quality, hand dried, hand cut catnip company. So essentially we sell catnip that looks like cannabis, but it's high quality in bud form. You can only get it from one supplier that I looked for. Online, hunted for. I hunted for, found the right one, got my bud shipped over, and yeah, it just looks great. But essentially, like we are a catnip company, but we're using the dispensary industry in America and the paraphernalia industry here to kind of create a brand around it. So our go-to customer is that stoner with their cats. So <laughs> essentially, they can use our products. <clears throat> Obviously, not the catnip, and then the catnip is is for the cats. But it's a full circle project. So. That's the business in itself, and yeah. we will sell a lot. We've looked at By the trends. Way, let's, just stop. let's just pause there because <laughs> I want to take I want to take as much credit Cat as crack. I can for that first. Like, the those like that there is an exact example. You know, when we talk about micro businesses, find the product. Yeah, like it just there's something there. There's a little niche. There's something to f- have fun with and poke at. Yeah, we can use the noise and the, the pop culture around. Uh, marijuana right now which is good because the tide is turning from a point of education and you know acceptance in society yeah no 100 percent, which is good right so it's good to tap into that um and here's something really funny that will work on tiktok exactly yeah so <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the to the tiktok so like putting my stoner playlist together yeah. for this content but yeah essentially like my story and my journey just to kind of go back because this just ties in it's all about storytelling this kind of ties in perfectly so my TED talk is called From the Block to the Bank. And essentially what I'm doing now is going back to the block. But I'll crazy. just kind of explain it to you in a sense. So um, I grew up in East London. I'm just going to give you a paraphrase, like a little oh, you, synopsis. You got, it, you got it. So I grew up in East London um, on a council estate, loads of siblings. I'm from Somali background. So like, I think the mean amount of kids or the average amount of kids in like a household in this generation, like... Five, six. Wow. And we were just kind of average. Like, to be honest, there's, I've, awesome. got, I've got cousins that, like, are, like, there's 10 of them, 12 of them. Like, it's awesome, it's, right? it's ridiculous. Yeah, so I grew up in a big family. So the best way to describe my childhood was, like, do you know that first scene of Home Alone? Yeah. When they're, like, packing to go yes. on holiday. Like, we weren't going nowhere, but it was just chaos all the time. Like, just everyone running up and down the stairs, people looking for stuff, four of us in a room, like, next family staying so with us. It was just four, n- there was four of us in our house. Yeah. So I, I can relate in But then we had, chaos. like, aunts, uncles, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. people no, that will come yeah. and stay for one day and then three months later, like, you're in my room. Yeah, like, yeah. when are you leaving? The energy's high. Yeah, so that's kind of childhood I had. Like, I didn't know anything different. I was really happy. Like, that kind of built resilience and personality on my twin as well. So... We're all you have a little bit of both of those things. Yeah, we're qu- I'm quite loud, but then I can also kind of, you know. But um, lost my mum in my teenage years, and that just kind of changed the whole dynamic because, like, in the few years after that, like, my older siblings got kicked out. I ended up getting kicked out. Like, we all just kind of got lost in the system and separated. So it was, like, my first time, like, in my life where I just kind of faced something or hardship, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, and didn't really understand, like, the mental implications of that. I didn't understand how to get help. I just kind of... T- I realised now what I was doing essentially was telling myself a narrative of trying to... Because as humans, what we try to do is just... We need a reason why. Yeah. Everything just has to make sense. So when something happens, you're automatically answering your, like you're asking yourself, like, why? And you're trying to equate it. And more time, what you realise when you're younger is you have this kind of victim mentality or this happened to me because I'm not good enough. And you just kind of project A lot of, of shit that. happened. Like, yeah. that's, that's understandable. It's understandable, but at the same time, when you, like actually deep it yeah. 
there's another side to that story. And when you focus on one, I was spent almost my teenage years just focused on that one side of like me going down this cycle of being lonely. The moment. I, that moment yeah. and just kind of spiraling out of control, getting kicked out of school, hanging around with people like literally that are in jail or passed away because of gang violence and gang crime. Like literally we just, the only thing we had in common, like my friends at that time, we just had nowhere to go. Basically, we genuinely had nowhere. So you to had go. each other like that, and that, but, that, that, yeah. That's yeah. Hard. So that's essentially what we had. And then in hindsight, I'm looking back and I'm sit like I used to sit on the block. That's why it's called from the block to the bank because I live in East London and from my councils that you can see Canary Wharf. So that's literally where we used to like look at that skyline yeah. every single day. We look at it, but we'd look at it like we're never gonna reach there. But I'd look at it and have like maybe like a slight inkling or like what if like just kind of my imagination will run wild. So you're like picture myself in a suit. Would your conversation around with a so if you and your friends are, so picture this like uh, you and your friends are looking across that you're having a conversation. Yeah. Imagine if, but then when you turn to walk away, yeah, they might think about something completely random and different. But you yeah. maybe fixate on that for an extra yeah. minute or two and just go, what? Yeah. It, well, actually, what what does that actually look like? Yeah. There's like there's no. There's no way in, like we didn't see a way in. So like that whole part of, you know, foreseeing something yeah. that could be possible was just not even in the front frame of our mind, yeah. if that makes sense. So yeah, like that was kind of my childhood. And then kind of realizing that there's certain things in my control yeah. and just becoming like a little bit more obsessed with that every single day kind of created it's the powerful, life. Isn't it? Yeah, no, just <laughs> literally just becoming obsessed with like what can I control? Yeah. Like I'm not gonna bring my mom back. Like, my dad's not answering the phone. Like I can't control that. But I can wake up in the morning. I can go to school one time. Yeah. Like, I can do, do my homework, like, just so my teacher don't give me that much ag. Like, I can try and get my GCSEs. Try and focus on things that just I can do. And like I had that freedom to just be creative, write music, and be in a studio. And It was your choice. Yeah, my choice. And then, at the same time, I'm seeing people make crazy choices. Like, crazy decisions. Like, five seconds. Of, I'm literally with you one minute. And then within that next hour or 10 minutes, like you've done something that's literally changed the course of your life forever. And it, it literally took five seconds for you to make that decision mm. to say like, you're going to go out and harm this person or you're going to put yourself in harm's way. Like, yeah. And it just takes five seconds to make. So I'm seeing that and I'm thinking like, that is definitely not what I want. No. And then obviously seeing that because these are people that I have love for, of just kind of going through like that depression and, not really understanding my social anxiety. I didn't understand why I didn't feel comfortable in certain scenarios because what I started to realise that I started to get so deep in like analysing people and why they are, how they are and just kind of like, I felt like I could relate because I'll see, for example, a lot of my friends got kicked out of school and teachers will talk about them in a certain way and stuff like that. But then I'm looking at them, I'm just seeing you're a kid that yeah. had a hard life, like you're going through so much, you've got so much response. Oh, like I'm proud of you for like getting up and just not giving up. Like yeah. I'm just looking at it from that point of view. That's, and that's what it needs. And that's exactly what it needs. But I just became obsessed with like just understanding like why people are like, <laughs> why, why are they like this? Like people, I just found humans so weird. I just found life <laughs> so weird. And I was just like, why is, why is stuff like the this? System, the system, yeah. the system that, um, that they operate in yeah. and the, but then you realise that like, I got to a stage where I wanted to be so different because I felt like I'm going through something so different that nobody can relate to you. But then at the same time, I'm seeing everybody and I'm seeing the similarities. Everybody just genuinely becomes a mirror. Of like course. when you get to that stage, you see yourself in, in everybody. Well, what we were talking about on the way up here, 
Exactly. You're just some of the five people you hang around with. Exactly. We were saying for the so so uh, Jam's going to be getting involved in our Ignite program, and Sick. we'll we'll talk about it in a moment. But you know the what we wanted to do for tw- these 20 people, the first cohort that come on in September, is to say, right, you're going to have a mentor, yeah, you're going to have a coach, you're going to have someone to talk to you about career, um, you've got someone to speak to you about life, you've got someone to talk about the actual program, what we're doing, 100%. you've got someone on the same journey as you. And it's important to community. have that because when you see a path, it's a lot easier to walk that path. If you can't see it, like, for example, like, I've, there's a path in front of me, I can walk it straight. If I put a blindfold on, it's 50-50 whether I'm going to get there or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending on whether I've walked it before or, like, whether I've got somebody directing me with the blindfold on or whether I'm just doing it by myself. Like, the possibilities are limited. In that to, sense. I want to add 50%. I've got so many ad guys. I've got, I, <laughs> I, I want to add 50% on that because I just like this. So the 50% there is just knowing where you're going. Exactly. Then 25% is the habits. And then 20... So you can, you have, like, you can have the passion... And the energy for it. But 100%. if you've got shit habits, then you're 75% likely to get there. Yeah. But if you've got the network, you've got the eyes it's open. Just increasing the likeliness. Yeah. Like, like that. Kind of creating your luck, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because luck is not... Compound. You believe in it, but you can... I'm a mathematical person. Like, like I mean, what's, what's, that, what's that? Someone like oh, someone put it on the comments, like, when you watch this back, someone will know. The there, There's someone did a quote, they did a math, like a math... Um, equation. Equation, yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, and they basically lined it all up. So they said, right, okay, you can have, uh, you need luck, which is a mul- like is a multitude of a thousand at random, yeah. <laughs> plus <laughs> agility, plus a plan, plus execution, plus everything else. And then that equals your success, your, yeah. basically, essentially. Nice. So like, but the thing is, I'm going through this at 15, 16. That's crazy. So I'm like thinking like this at 15, 16, not really understanding where it's going to lead me. So you speak to, you speak about mentors and stuff like that. Trust me, where I grew up, we didn't have that. We no, didn't, I, I, didn't. I, I, I didn't have access to these people, but what I had was the internet and books. So, like, I think I read ma- one of Malcolm X's biographies, and then oh, that yeah. led me to read Helen Keller's book. And then You're under, a big reader, aren't you? Like, I'm a big, like, I was kind of, I was in exclusion room a lot, so I kind of had, like, nothing else to do but read. Nice. So, yeah, doing that, and then just watching videos. So I used to watch, like, Eric Thomas, who I actually opened for, like, That's amazing. two years ago, That's which amazing. is crazy. So people like Eric Thomas, people like Tony Robbins, Dr. Wayne Dyer, yeah. speaking about the Tao Te Ching, looking about, like, I'm 15, 16, like, reading all of this That's stuff. Crazy. Like, looking at life and seeing, like, oh, mad. Like, the balance here. Like, See, I've always, like, uh, you speak to most people cr- that, like, that are into this, right, would say they wish. I, like, I, I, for sure, yeah. I'm a big reader too. We follow a lot of the same people. And I started 10 years later. But then this is the thing. I wish this I This is why... I look at that point, that teenage point in my life where I was going through all of that trauma, all of that, you know, yeah. devastating stuff. I look at that and I'm like, but that led me to yeah. do this at such a young age. Which is ridiculous. And have this mindset and achieve this at this age. If it wasn't for that, trust me, I wouldn't be thinking oh, no, no. about these the things. Point, so right? that, that's the thing of finding balance in life. Because life is so, like, they can't be lost without gain. Like, no. everything is a perfect math. For now, well, in the current system, I think long term, there can be gain for gain. Social yeah, enterprise, hundred percent. Just and that's, to segue back into that's social kind, that's kind of what, that's kind of what we're doing. But like, regardless, like of the equation, like yeah. the effort, the time you put in, there's going to be some something's going to be depleted for something to yeah, of course to no, increase course. if that makes sense. So that led me to a journey of completing my GCSE. A lot, a lot of pe- proving people wrong. So I got E's in my first like mock exams. Literally, everybody's like, "How did you study?" Because my attendance at school was 
it wasn't what it said on the system. On the system, it says something like ninety-seven percent. There was no way I was there. Like I just had. You need to. I had great. Te- I had great teachers exactly. who kind of had my back and supported me in that way. But majority of it, I used to come in school at like four or five o'clock, two hours after everybody's gone home. I'm literally sitting in the library with cleaners, doing the coursework that I need to Fantastic. do, studying for exams because that's the time that I'm best operating in. Plus, I don't want to be around certain people at that time, so I'm like, yeah. I've also yeah, seen just... I've seen you. What you're like in a well, they're <laughs> in the office, so in the hub, right in the terrace. We've got lots of different character types, and if you're in, Tom's in, and Jamie's nice, in, nuts. nothing's getting done. Nothing's no getting one's done. doing anything in a good way. It's good. Yeah, to it's build, a crazy distraction. That's fine. So that's yeah. why you know it's now it's like five o'clock. We're, we're recording this podcast. Yeah, or why not? Yesterday, I'm in I'm in here creating this podcast. That's what I'm saying. It's all about just you know creating that environment so managed to get my GCSEs got loads of A's did my A-levels at that point like had a lot of stuff like in my personal life like uni wasn't even an option for me so I was just looking for work applied for like loads of apprenticeships did 30 interviews I got one guys but I don't mind going through them interviews it didn't dishearten me those interviews like I was like I've never done an interview in my life so like let me have feedback so that's all I was doing Getting nice. feedback, getting feedback. So by the time it got to my last two, I was just a professional at it. Like, I can do an assessment centre now, whack it out. It's I, just need practice. To, I need you to write me some cold emails. It's practice, make, <laughs> practice makes perfect. Um, managed to get on a Barclays apprenticeship programme. They paid for my degree in management. I started off as a cashier. Within my second year, I was an assistant manager at the Canary Wolf branch. So the nice. same like building oh, that I mate. used to stare at. So that's why the story is called From the Block to the Bank. Um, and then in my final year of uni, like literally like dissertation year, I was managing Hatton Garden branch. So like Diamond District. So you smashed Central. it. So like, yeah. So what the fuck are you doing in St. I don't know, back to the block. <laughs> <laughs> I did that, even did mortgages for a bit. Um, but then it just, it got to that point where like, I was just thinking, like I didn't, I was going to schools and speaking to young people and promoting this apprenticeship program and stuff like that. But I'm still promoting it two years after I've graduated. Like, how can I be your poster girl for five years? Like, how can we be having this diversity conversation if you're just, if, if it's still me? Then clearly, that like, there's no progress. Such and then for me message. to kind of, like, and for me to kind of go to the, like, they were trying, don't get me wrong, they were trying. And I think the whole thing was trying to attract talent. But there's just so many, like, gatekeepers, so much bureaucracy, like, things have to get done to a T that you're never, you're not going to find someone like me because... You're not going to engage. Like, I'm not going to engage. Do you understand? Like, so for me, it was like, if I didn't have that kind of, like, it was just that kind of luck of speaking to the right people and stuff like that to kind of get me to that point where I understood that there was an opportunity. There was this kind of disparity. And then after that, like, going to young people and speaking in schools and saying that, yeah, I'm a young bank manager. I'm 21. I'm a final year of uni. They used to get gassed. Like, and that used to gas me off. I used to be like, yeah, like, I used to feel kind of like I've achieved something in life. But once you do that three, four, five times, that sense of achievement just it becomes sadder and sadder because it's like no like this is like the fifth school the same demographic can speak like why can you not why are you so surprised like eventually like there has to be a school i go to you know what like yeah i can do that it's not as surprising like i see myself in your position yeah, yeah. so i just saw that there was a lot more to be done I love, that, I love that you've seen that i've loved that you've seen because i think it's so important that anyone is involved in yeah. this program understands that yeah from the whatever level they're coming at it you know i've seen it you know going through all the funding yeah. side of things i'm a talented person like you, my tools are never short my books are always on point my you've, got, service you've got to relate you've got to go and speak to people at their yeah. level i've upgraded a branch in terms of like branch manager and my peers mm. 
Yeah. Like my numbers were on par, if not better. And we're talking central London. Yeah. So like in terms of the contribution that I'm having to the retail business, it's significant. It's not it's making significant. the impact you want it to. That's what I'm saying because business. there needs to be more people like myself because we are talented. We do understand yeah, business. Yeah, 100%. We might not understand the terminology, but oh. I can learn that. In five minutes, I can learn Trust a term. Trust me, I can learn a technology. You got the skills, hundred percent. Like it's, it's ridiculous. The acumen, the ambition, the just sense of the sense of knowing your understanding yourself is it's, what's going to project your understanding people. It's wisdom. Like you, you've been doing when you. So a lot of people don't understand. Like this is why it's so important. The best way to start to learn business is start a business. 100%. You won't find this out in a classroom. You have to go and have conversations. You have to put yourself out there. You've got to try and pitch people. You know, I remember when you when we were having conversations, we had no idea what was going on. <laughs> we had a couple of chats. It was like, right, well, clearly this cat bud's something that could yeah. be done. You're saying we can turn it into this epic social enterprise that feeds Ignite and yeah. supports young people and speaks in other people's language and makes a lot of money 100%. that we can then make more impact with. We're trying to I'm make like, money. Yeah, like, okay, let's do this. That's not a secret. Like when I used to go to schools, I used to tell people how much I'm earning. Like I don't, it's important to talk about the money. It's, 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 it's as have, if it let's have else. a conversation about money. Like, yeah. let's talk about we it. Need it. So, yeah, that was just kind of my decision of stepping back. I took a contract with the Department of Education. My whole role there was just kind of champion apprenticeships and helping them with like their strategic, you know, recruitment side of things. Getting like business partners on on board and like getting young people on board with the campaigns and stuff, ran an accelerator program. Like I just had my hands in loads of pies at that point and then just started speaking. Like in terms of money, money wasn't an issue. Like for me, it was just, I found myself adding value in terms of like for my time and stuff like that. And in terms of like the value that I can add as well, like I was starting to understand the potential of my value in terms of like putting a figure on it because I was going to speak for free. My fee now, (laughs) wait, when somebody offered me and I saw the number, I was like, are you for real? For like, (laughs) This is for 15 minutes. So, I, so, so you want me to come and speak for 15 minutes and you're going to pay my rent for three months. Well, okay, Jam. So, uh, so when I, when I, <laughs> do you want me to know when I realised? So when I realised that <laughs> is when I was speaking to the founder of an organ, or one of the founders of an organisation that um, has a community of 4.6 million tech founders. Yeah. And uh, he said, I oh, was talking about Catbud and talking about you. And he said, wait a minute, is that Jamal Osman? I remember seeing her at um, something in UAE, uh, Qatar, yeah, Airways, yeah. something or other. <laughs> and she's a legend. So I was like, right, okay, yeah. yeah. So she's but big, this is so she's big time. She's gonna yeah. <laughs> so I was literally like 2019, like I left my job in 2018. So I started apprenticeship in 2012. I did six years. Yeah. So that's like apprenticeship. And then after like mortgage advisor, finished like my time in the bank running the Strand branch. Then I decided to leave, worked on a lot of projects. But in 2019, I was just... I was just speaking, like I was just yeah. enjoying just going around the nice world. Though, I had right? contracts with UN people. and stuff like that. So I was literally all over the world. And then planning for 2020, I was like, let me, because in 2019, I opened for Eric Thomas. Yeah. He's my hero. And I was like, yeah. Had a conversation with him. And he's like, no, you seriously got something here. Here's the blueprint. So I was like, 2020, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write the book. And then reposition it, do, like do what just, he done. just do what he done in terms of like making serious because I was making money yeah. five figures a year. It's a great, but that's taking stream. me Why from five not, figures like... to six figures a year. Yeah, yeah, just off speaking and just branding myself and stuff like that because he's like, listen, I, I'd have you got me. something to say yeah. and people should fucking and listen. It's, it's Eric Thomas telling me this, like yeah, yeah. he's like number one <laughs> motivational speaker, like to book him is six seven figures. So yeah, managed to just kind of get my head around creating a blueprint for twenty twenty, and then what happens? Like a pandemic. 
But then the thing is, it's like I've been through a period of my life of you know that bit uncertainty and it. stuff like that. So like I wasn't I wasn't sweating like everybody else during the pandemic. For me, it was like, cool, I know how to make money. I can have a little side hustle. Let me learn about crypto. Yeah. Let me just use this time time wisely because the scariest thing for me is not being able to make money. And then when I got to a stage where I was kind of because everybody went through everybody went through a stage in a pandemic where they thought there wasn't kind of a way out. And the truth is that the world was never going to go back to normal. You just had to ha- kind of have the imagination to kind no of... I wanted to accept that. You had to have the imagination and the tenacity to say, do you know what, like, it's going to be different. What can I do to adapt in this time for the changing world? So like, that's when stuff like Clubhouse and all of these apps and NFTs, I was just, I just winning like loads of nuts rabbit holes, it. like, right, and so then just try to learn loads of stuff. We've got to talk about quickly because I'm, I'm conscious of the time, like, jam... This is definitely going to be a regular no, on, my, well, on do, my pod. We we'll like, do, um, we'll do little mini. We we'll do a jam, like jam, this. jam with jam. Yeah. Um, but I sent you a link last night. The catstoners.com. So, uh, Mila Kunes and Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. Um, there's a if you want to listen to a podcast that's fucking great. Um, it's called the Armchair Expert, and he had those two on. And basically, it's an NFT. I'm not yeah. going to spend ages trying to explain what an NFT is when we've got like a couple of minutes. Um, but you have to buy the token and you get access to the content. It's animation of them doing voiceover. It's stupid shit, but it's ridiculous. But, you know, I'm very excited and looking forward to maybe next time we're coming on, we share in some of the random but controversial opportunities from a marketing point of view. But that's where CatBod kind of came, because we came across Miawana. And then that's like, you literally come across something and then it's like, all right, cool, like, how can we adapt this? We've got to look at this. So literally, that was from the block to the bank. And now it's like, okay, cool. The pandemic kind of took me back to the block. So you came to me with a cat bod idea. I was like, yeah, this is sick. Spent time laughing at it. And I was like, looking at did competitive. You, did you think I was stupid first? No, I loved it. I, like literally, <laughs> like, because you know, you know when you're in that clubhouse and you're like sitting on your headphones, I literally stood up. I stood off and I walked around and I was cracking up. I was like unmuting myself just so I could laugh. And then because I shared myself. it before we did before I did the launch no, it challenge, was, yeah, right? it was hilarious. Yeah, 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 no, it was yeah. hilarious. And then just kind of sitting on the idea and just seeing the potential of it because essentially the whole reason for Catbud and the reason why it existed was to show people how to create a side hustle quickly, yeah. e-commerce business, create a template, Easy. and it's like who which audience will engage with this template? Who can we help with this? And it was young people. Okay. In particular, who can we help? Young people who are making bad decisions. I know a lot about them. They're from my, like, literally in terms of just like the societal, the alignment, the social, perfect. economic, the like, perfect. yeah. I'm trying to like be PC with it. I'm not trying it's to not say even yeah. that. It's, no, it's, it's being real to say that much like we were talking about before, um, there needs to be, like, I need to be able to relate to yeah. you. Because like, I'm seeing myself running this business. I'm seeing the bud. I'm seeing myself weighing it on the scales. I'm seeing myself bag it up. I'm branding all of this cool paraphernalia. Like, there's nothing that I'm doing that different to, say, for right. example, Johnny on the block who sells marijuana. Like, in terms of the actual structure of the business, it's exactly the same. The only difference is one is legitimate. One is legal. Like, so where's the issue in society? Like, the main issue in society, these young people, how do they kind of get into this trap? So it's kind of weird when you think about it, and it's it makes so much, like, amazing sense, because these young people, they rap about 
all of these like all these like gang violence and stuff like that but essentially they're rough about something called the trap house which is the tea house this is where like your operation yeah. your headquarters your drug operation your empire your office start and it's called the trap like it's literally called the trap wow. because there's no way out when there's, you're in there when you're in like when you're when you get your foot in there the only way out is jail or death, death basically because you get caught in this game. Yeah, like you're stuck in there. Yeah. You're stuck in there. Or you are a lucky one and you manage to get out, but in terms of you're not able to transfer them skills because you haven't you're not you haven't been employed if ever. Yeah. But in the recent years you have not been employed. You haven't got any references. You've got disengaged no credit no credit history. System. You disengage like you're like in terms of you actually getting a job and using those skills. Well yeah. So, so that's where the trap comes. You have not got a choice other than in, if you want to have that standard of living that you've created for yourself, there's kind of no way and out. And not without leaving your family and there, your there, friends and your people around you. There's literally no way out. No. Now there is because you can do it from your bedroom with a keyboard. So that's what that's <laughs> what we're trying. But there is a way out. Yeah. And these 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 same young people can invest in you know dropshipping companies. They can yeah. find a product similar to what we have. Local but services. They just, they just like don't. There's no reason that every business plan. I got fifty. If you want a business plan, DM. car washing service. Anything you want to do, like here's. But they have the blueprint. So essentially, yeah. the reason why Cat Catbud essentially we're a catnip business, but we wanna we're social enterprise. So essentially, what we're doing is we're using the profits to get this material out to young people to help educate them on how to set up a micro business. Whether that through be through media, whether that be through live workshops on the Ignite program, in, in any which shape or form, we just want to get this material out there and show people that you can create a micro business. And then on the flip side, these young people who haven't got a choice, haven't got a way out, we'll, we'll offer them that way out. So we'll actually, we'll invest in their businesses. What would our house be called? The free house. The free Not house. the tea house, you know the free right, house. You know because it, weird? because you're free, like you're literally so I'm gonna, free. I'm going to end on this note because jam, jam, <laughs> jam we back soon. Um, life changing bud. Hand. It's life changing bud. This HQ, so to shift this HQ, the building we're in is called, like, no word of a lie, Freedom, <laughs> Freedom House. house. <laughs> <laughs> it's, meant, it's literally not the tea house anymore, but essentially, we want to encourage better choices. We want to change, a, like, in terms of society's perception of these young people. Essentially, they're victims. And I don't mean that in a way, like, where we should feel sorry for them, but no. we need to understand how how things like county lines exist, how they, co- how, how they come about. And it's literally a vacuum that's created in society from poverty, et cetera, that enable these young people to get trapped in these cycles and get exploited by people higher up the chain. And these people are exploiting them. They're victims of that same cycle. So essentially what we're doing is we're trying to break the cycle. I'm not trying to meet it from the top end. No, no, what no. I'm trying to do is help these young people before they even get to that choice, whether they've even made that they choice. They need that, that bit. Do it first. Help them out. Early. Create an economy. And like, let's just get to work. I don't need anybody's money. I've put put our own money into this. We're showing yeah. that it can work with a thousand pounds. A thousand pounds is what was put in the front. I will give you a thousand pounds to set up your own business. Yeah. We'll take a percentage of that. When you pay it back, we'll give you your percentage back. Absolutely. So you're hundred percent owner. We want to empower you. But that thousand pounds going back into the another next young person. person. Who needs that thousand pounds. So the same way you guys are circulating food and like or drugs and stuff like that. We're doing exactly the same thing, yeah. but just with catnip. Absolutely, the margins are oh. ten times better as well. <laughs> the margins are better. The margins make sense, and the risk. It's the risk there is, is there's, there's we get no, a bit of PR, bad PR. There's I look no risk, to it. but even the PR thing because uh, we're thinking we about to. this. It's fine. It's fine. The PR of this, like, I want my Instagram account to get shut down. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I want 
I want people to look at this sideways so we can have a conversation because essentially what we want to do is we want to have a conversation about yeah, absolutely. the problem we're trying to fix in society. But at the same time, we've got a sick product. Yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> we've got a sick product. All right, sweet. So yeah. Well, look, Jam's going to be back. Yeah, I will, back. Um, I'll see you later. That's awesome. Okay, Love it.